Can you say your name? Eli. And how old are you? Six. And why is Jesus better than anything else? Because he made the world. Being a kid isn't easy. You know you're supposed to be good, and sometimes you feel like you're doing a great job. But then the next minute, you do something wrong again. That's why we need Jesus, and to remember the good news of the gospel every day. Not just the part about when Jesus came to earth, but God's rescue plan from before he even created the world, and the hope of living with him forever, so that we can see through every story in the Bible why Jesus is better than anything else, and why he wants you to join him. Welcome, boys and girls, to another episode of the Jesus is Better podcast. I'm Alicia Yoder, and I'm so glad to share this time in God's Word with you today. Learning these stories isn't so that we feel smart or wow our friends or parents. In fact, many times, other people won't see the ways we're getting to know Jesus more. As our friendship grows with Jesus, we'll be able to share more of his love and grace and kindness with other people. But that can only happen as we spend time talking with him about what we're learning and about the feelings in our hearts, especially when no one else is listening. Then, just like a tree, our roots can grow deep into Jesus, and we can keep reaching out our branches to him when the wind starts to blow, like when difficult or scary things happen in our lives. Last week, we talked about how the Lord had kept his good promises to Joshua and the Israelites, and how three of the tribes had set up an altar so that their children and grandchildren wouldn't forget about God and all he'd done for them. Right before Joshua died, the people also renewed their covenant promise to follow only God and his ways for them. After Joshua died, the people asked the Lord how he wanted them to get the remaining land for their inheritance. He told the tribe of Judah to go first, and Simeon's tribe went with them to fight for their land together. They captured the hill country, but not the people who lived on the plain, because they had iron chariots. The people of Benjamin, Manasseh, Ephraim, Zebulun, Asher, Naphtali, and Dan didn't drive out all the people who lived in their land either. So the Lord sent an angel to deliver his message, saying, I brought you up from Egypt into the land I promised to give your fathers, and I promised never to break my covenant with you. I told you not to make any covenants with the people of the land, but you haven't obeyed. Now I won't drive the people out, and they will be thorns in your sides, and their gods will be a trap to you. Then the people all started weeping together and made sacrifices to the Lord. The people who had seen what the Lord had done for them served the Lord until all Joshua's elders had died. But when their children grew up, they didn't know the Lord or what he had done for Israel. They served the Baal gods and bowed down to them and left the God of Israel. So God let enemies attack them and make them slaves. 
when they were in distress, God raised up judges or leaders to save them out of the hands of their enemies. But soon after they were saved and the judge died, they desired other gods again and bowed down to them and disobeyed God's commands. One of the peoples who came against the Israelites were called the Midianites. The people of Israel had been worshiping other gods, and God let the Midianites capture them for seven years. The people were so scared of them that they hid in caves. Every time they planted crops, the Midianites and other people would camp near them and take the food that grew, as well as their animals. And the people of Israel cried out to God for help. Now an angel of the Lord came to a cave where a man named Gideon was hiding his wheat from the Midianites. The angel said, The Lord is with you, mighty man. Gideon said, If God is with us, then why has all this happened to us? Where are the wonderful deeds our fathers told us about? God has forsaken us and given us to the Midianites. The Lord said, I am sending you to save Israel from them. But Gideon said, Please, Lord, how can I save them? My clan is the weakest, and I'm the lowest in my family. God said, I will be with you to strike down the Midianites. Gideon said, Will you show me a sign that it is truly you speaking to me? And will you wait until I bring an offering? God said, I will wait. When Gideon brought a goat and bread and broth, the angel told him to put it on a rock. And when he did, the angel of the Lord touched the tip of his staff to it, and fire sprung up and burned everything on the rock. Then the angel vanished. Gideon said, Oh no! I've seen the Lord's angel face to face. But God said, Don't be afraid, you won't die. So Gideon built an altar and called it, The Lord is Peace. God told Gideon to cut down the altar to Baal and the Asherah pole and burn offerings to the Lord on them. So Gideon took some men and did just that, but he did it at night because he was afraid. The next morning, when the men of the town saw what had happened, they said, Who did this? When they found out it was Gideon, they told his dad, Bring Gideon to us so that he may die. But Gideon's dad said, If Baal is a true god, then let him punish Gideon, because his altar has been broken down. Now the Midianites were camped nearby. And God's Spirit led Gideon to gather an army from the tribes of Israel. He said to God, If you will save Israel through me, let me put this fleece out on the ground. If in the morning there is dew on the fleece, but the floor is dry, then I will know that you will do as you have said. And God did it. The fleece was sopping wet but the floor was dry. Then Gideon said, Don't be angry with me, but this time, let the fleece be dry 
and the ground be wet with dew in the morning. And the next day, the fleece was dry, and the ground was wet. So Gideon got up early the next morning and camped with his army. God said to Gideon, Your army is too big for me to help you defeat the Midianites, because then the people might think they did it in their own strength. Tell any man who is scared that he can go home. And 22,000 people left. Only 10,000 remained. But God said, There are still too many soldiers. Go down to the water and see who kneels to drink and who laps the water like a dog does. And God told Gideon to send the ones home who knelt to drink. So Gideon did, and God said, With the 300 men who lapped the water, I will save you and help you defeat the Midianites. Now the Midianites were camped in the valley below. And God said to Gideon, Go down against the camp, but if you're afraid, take your servant and listen to what they're saying in the camp. Then you will have courage to fight. So Gideon went down and saw all the armies camped like locusts covering the ground. And he heard a man telling another man his dream. The man said, I dreamed that a round loaf of bread rolled down into our camp and flattened our tents. And his friend said, That loaf of bread was the sword of Gideon. God has given all our camp into his hand. As soon as Gideon heard it, he worshipped God. When he got back to camp, he said, Stand up, for God has given the Midianites into your hand. He gave them all trumpets and jars with torches inside. He said, When I blow my trumpet, everyone blow your trumpets and shout, For the Lord and for Gideon. Gideon and his men surrounded the Midianite camp. All 300 men blew their trumpets and smashed the jars in their hands that held the torches. They cried out, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon! When the Midianites heard the trumpets, they started running, and the Lord made them so confused that they started fighting each other. Other Israelites joined in the battle and chased the Midianites, defeating over 120,000 of them. The men of Israel said to Gideon, Be our ruler, you and your son and grandson, for we, for you have saved us from the Midianites. Gideon said, I won't rule over you, the Lord will. But I would request that each of you give me the gold earrings they took from the enemies. The people said, We would be glad to. And Gideon made a golden priestly garment out of it, and it became a trap for Gideon's family and all Israel, turning their hearts from God. And forty years later, when Gideon died, the Israelites turned to the gods of Baal and forgot the Lord who had delivered them from the hand of their enemies. Wow! God had shown his power in such amazing ways, and the Israelites ended up back where they started, worshiping other gods. 
over and over in the book of Judges in the Bible, there's this pattern of the Israelites turning to other gods. God allows an enemy to capture them. They cry out to God to help them, and he sends someone to rescue them. But then the pattern or cycle starts all over again when the Israelites start worshiping other gods again. Now, you might say, I would never bow down to a silly golden statue like those Israelites. But there are a lot of other things our hearts often want more than God, like lots of friends who think we're amazing, the best grades in the class, or at least better than most of the other kids, choosing what we want instead of letting our little brother or sister choose, or for our plans of going out and doing fun things to never get changed or canceled. But God doesn't want any of us to be stuck in unhappiness apart from him forever. When we join our lives to Jesus, receiving his forgiveness and inviting him to be the king over our hearts, he sends his Holy Spirit to live in us and never leave us so that each time our hearts wander into wanting something other than him, he can pull us back to his heart for us, which will be for his glory and our joy. Each day we need to keep surrendering our hearts to him so that we won't try to be the king of our lives again, deciding whatever we want to do apart from what he thinks. We won't be able to do it perfectly, so whenever we feel trapped by our feelings of anger or discouragement or selfishness, we can keep coming to Jesus to heal us. Just like the nations the Israelites didn't drive out became enemies who made them slaves, our feelings can make us feel like we're slaves too. God might let us feel that pain, so that we'll cry out to him for the healing and help that we need. Not the determination to handle it on our own, but a heart that says, Father, I need you to speak what is true to me and care for me right now. I can't do it without you. When the angel came to Gideon, Gideon didn't see himself as strong or able to rescue the Israelites without God's help. God gave him signs like the burned offering, the dry and wet fleece, and the dream of the Midianite soldier to remind him of God's power and presence with Gideon to do what God was asking him to do. But we have it even better through the Holy Spirit living inside of us who is always there to comfort, give wisdom, help, and encouragement whenever we need it. As we practice praying and listening for that help, we'll be able to receive it even more, whether it comes through a song on the radio or in church, seeing his beauty and power when we go outside to play, something a friend says to encourage us, or a thought from God's word that the Spirit pops into our heads. Gideon said he wasn't going to be the Israelites' king, but used his leadership to draw his family and the rest of the Israelites away from God in the end. 
when we instead thank God for the strength or abilities he's given us, he can get glory and praise as he keeps showing us what he has for us to do with him next in his kingdom. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for being with us, even when our hearts want something different than what you want to give. You are our king, and we want to love the things that you love. Amen. Okay, friends, thanks for listening. If you want to see a few pictures, your parents can help you hop on my website, aliciayoder.com. I'm sure they'd love to talk with you about them.